Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today in Business from Wired. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. Meet their newest trading platform, Thinkorswim Web. It has all the essential tools and strategies in a streamlined interface. No download necessary. Thinkorswim Web. Trading streamlined. Visit tdameritrade.com slash thinkorswimweb to get started. Neuroscience could be the key to getting people to wear masks. In a study, people responded to messages that resonated with them personally, up to a certain extent. The results could help shape responses to future pandemics. By Sidney Fussell. Opinions about wearing masks and maintaining social distancing are sharply divided, largely along red and blue lines. Conservatives, Republicans are the least likely to wear a mask, according to poll data from Pew Research. Some neuroscientists believe that lessons from their field applied appropriately could help break the impasse and persuade more people to follow scientists' recommendations. A lot of these attitudes are really about your group identity says Elliot Berkman, a psychology professor at the University of Oregon, studying neurological responses to public health messaging. Face masks are political, but it's also about groups. It's like, I'm a Democrat or a Republican, and that's how I think of myself, and I need to endorse this attitude so I can fit in with my group. Berkman studies whether brain patterns can reliably predict a change in someone's behavior. Studies in this field of neuroscience include whether brain activity while watching anti-smoking PSAs, for example, can explain who will later quit smoking. In another study, researchers examined whether neural activity during motivational therapy meant to encourage exercise predicts who will become more active, as measured by Fitbit data. Berkman argues that neurological patterns can help reveal hidden biases or ambivalence when people reject public health messages. Where neuroimaging can be really useful is cases where people are unwilling or unable to tell you what they really think, he says. Here's the problem, though. 
most neural imaging labs are shut because of the pandemic. Typical tests involve bringing people into labs, where they're fitted with brain scanning and eye tracking gear and meet with a team of scientists. Shelter-in-place restrictions have made that impossible in many places. But one marketing consulting firm in Texas was able to conduct a neuroimaging study to analyze how people react to messages about COVID-19. In March and early April, 24 people donned EEG caps, which map electrical activity in the brain, and were shown a series of news reports, PSAs, celebrity endorsements, and commercials about COVID-19 and marketing brainology. As they watched, eye-tracking tools measured their ocular movements, noting exactly what each respondent focused on and for how long. We're looking for whether a respondent's brain wakes up, essentially, says Michelle Adams, founder of Marketing Brainology. Researchers tracked which parts of which videos held people's attention. The study did not track future changes in opinion or behavior, but it offers a glimpse of how people reacted to information about COVID-19. The results could help shape responses to future pandemics, says Emily Falk, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania studying neural responses to public health and marketing messages. Then we would have a better foundation for being confident that a pattern of brain responses is really going to tell us about the effectiveness of COVID messaging as opposed to other kinds of messaging. People engage more with content that's relevant to them, in a form they're used to, Adams said. Respondents in Texas paid the most consistent attention to ads and had either a more helpful tone or information they found immediately relevant. One video from the CDC described how COVID is more dangerous for people with other health conditions, such as asthma or diabetes. That video drew constant attention. When they went through the chronic conditions like high blood pressure, asthma, or diabetes, respondents would go, I know somebody with asthma or somebody with that heart condition or diabetes, she said. An NBC montage highlighting frontline workers also kept people engaged, presenting some of the most consistent attention of the study. However, since then, Adams notes, many videos have highlighted frontline workers. Given that deluge, similar messages now may be less likely to hold people's attention. In the Texas study, participants would initially engage with especially dire news reports, like those concerning Italy's crisis and overflowing morgues, but quickly tuned them out when they found them overwhelming. As Adams explains, when respondents arrive at the lab, the EEG records their baseline brain activity. When people are engaged with any material, there are noticeable spikes in attention. But Adams said many respondents have noisy baselines, meaning they're coming into the lab with a higher amount of stress. This could prompt them to tune out vital information because they feel overwhelmed. To continue to stress out people that are already stressed out is not a good idea, Adams said. Respondents younger than 24 largely tuned out traditional news reports on NBC and CNN, Adams said. This may be because they don't traditionally consume news this way. At the time, younger people responded to the hashtag alone together tag with encouraged social distancing in some of the messages, but that may have been tied to its novelty in early April. Studying biological responses to advertising dates back to the 1960s. Even now, sites like Google and Expedia have studied users' brainwaves and ocular movements to measure how the design of a web page affects users' attention. A neuroscientific approach to COVID-19 messaging could complement simple surveys like pop-ups that ask, how effective was this ad, and reveal things about people they themselves don't know. While the study provides interesting insights, Falk, of the University of Pennsylvania, distinguishes between attention and action.
Brain activity can indicate that respondents may find a message about wearing masks or staying indoors compelling, but it's difficult to use that data alone to predict a change in behavior. A more robust study could look at how viewing ads matched with certain brain activity and observance of social distancing measures. In Berkman's experience, simply telling people about their neurological responses can be a first step. A good starting point is to say this is reflected at the level of the brain, he says. For some people, it makes it feel like it's real. It makes it feel like, oh, you're not just calling me crazy. This is actually something about how my brain works. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.